and welcome to the Meditation Conversation, the podcast to support your spiritual revolution. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and today I'm joined by Sarah Webb. Sarah is a certified meditation coach and master teacher specializing in high-functioning anxiety. She empowers CXOs with closet anxiety to take back control of their lives by teaching them to relax so they can have more energy and focus on what's important. Sarah teaches leaders and overachievers with high-functioning anxiety pocket-sized techniques to process stress, improve daily happiness, and bring the best versions of themselves to their own lives. She resides in sunny Florida and travels internationally for workshops and speaking engagements. And she's the author of Look Lush, which is full of her original poetry, artfully outlining her rise from victim to victor, surviving rape, getting sober, and coming out of the closet. Sarah's path to becoming the truest version of herself is as inspirational as it is heartbreaking. She talks about the ancestral and cultural conditioning that kept her authenticity hidden for so long and the violent event that became a catalyst to change that. She's now contributing her full true self to the world through her meditation, breath work, and transformational guidance. I got so much out of this discussion, and I know you will too. Before we dive into today's episode, I've got something truly special to share with you. Are stress, sleep issues, or anxiety holding you back? Well, I've discovered a game changer that's about to transform your life. Let me introduce Moonbird, your personal breathing coach. Picture this sweet little companion in your hand guiding you through rejuvenating breathing exercises. Moonbird turns meditation from abstract to accessible, making calm breaths a seamless part of your daily routine. Shaped like an avocado, Moonbird fits perfectly in your palm. Its brilliant design offers a revolutionary approach to mindful breathing. The results are in improved sleep quality, longer sleep duration, improved daytime functioning, faster falling asleep, feeling better rested upon waking up. Join the global movement toward inner peace and well-being. Check out Moonbird, your ally in the support of serenity. Use the link in my show notes and the code Kara Goodwin for 5% off your order. And now enjoy this episode. So Sarah, welcome. It's such a joy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Kara. And we were just talking before we started recording about how we've just had all these near misses because we've been trying to do this, I think, since the spring. And here we are at the end of October. It's almost Halloween. So, <laughs> so thank you for your patience thank as you. we've yeah. tried, to, <laughs> tried to coincide. But because you're in Florida, we've been impacted by the storms. And I think we've two of the times that we've had to reschedule have been for storms and so on. So it's so nice to finally get to meet you. Same here. Yeah. Thank you for your patience. Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to start by talking about your personal journey. Can you talk about how you got to where you are today helping people with hidden anxiety and these high functioning CXOs? I didn't know I had anxiety for the longest time. I thought it was just stress and I thought it was completely normal. I focus on high functioning anxiety because it's not necessarily talked about a lot, 
you won't find it in the DSM. You'll find generalized anxiety. And for generalized anxiety, we go into fight or flight, just like for high-functioning anxiety. But with generalized, we tend toward that flight. We shy away. We don't want to go in public or do that thing. With high-functioning anxiety, we fight for approval. We fight for recognition. We fight for significance. We try to control our circumstances and the people around us and the opinions that other people have about us. So when I found out about high-functioning anxiety, I realized that I've had this my entire life. I've been an overachiever. I'm always in leadership positions. And I do things that maybe some people wouldn't normally do. I tend to sometimes take on too much and end up overwhelmed because I'm a yes person. I want to say mm -hmm. yes, and I want to help. I'm a healer. And all of those things have been masterfully created by my complex journey. Mm -hmm. I grew up in southern Louisiana in a very strict Southern Baptist household. And I went to college. And then after college, I was out one night and was drugged and raped by eight men. And that began me trying to just deny what had happened. I didn't go to the police. I didn't tell anybody. I told my sister. Did you realize what had happened? Oh, yes. I had yeah. some memories the next day. And, of course, a woman knows. Yeah. It was very brutal. I was oh, pretty God. beat up. And I was I'm afraid. So sorry. I was actually yeah. on vacation with my family at the time. So my family was there and didn't oh know. Gosh. I was 28 years old. And I'm so lucky to have survived it. I'm very lucky that they propped me up on a bench outside of the hotel room, we were saying. And I did not feel like I had enough information to go to the police. And I was just afraid that I would be blamed. This was before the Me Too movement. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I did tell my sister, and she really encouraged me to go to the police, but I just went into a denial process, not really wanting to admit what had happened. I ended up drinking more than I should in order to put a wet blanket over my emotions. Mm -hmm. And when I got pregnant in 2016, that was the first time I stopped drinking alcohol in the past like eight years before that and I started realizing that I was having an automatic thought every single day so I started changing my relationship with alcohol after my daughter was born I did start drinking again whenever I was allowed to and my daughter when she was about 18 months old picked up this little it was actually a Mardi Gras cup and I'm from outside in New Orleans it was a oh, little yeah. chalice, a little toy. We were at a friend's party, and she took a sip, and she said, this my wine. And that hit me in my solar plexus. I could feel, like, what am I teaching my daughter to do? What is she going to emulate as a result of my actions? So I started changing my relationship with it right then and there, and meditation is what got me through all of it. When I started meditating, I was five months pregnant, and it really helped me with petering out all the volatile emotions <laughs> that were all the hormonal changes that go on when we're pregnant. And at five months, 
I, after just hiring a meditation coach and meditating for a few weeks, my ex-husband was, wow, you are different. What's your meditation coach's number? And really, wow. He even learned as well. And since then, I've learned lots of different styles of meditation, and I don't miss it. It is Mm -hmm. definitely part of my routine. It allows me to calm my nervous system down when I'm feeling that anxiety or feeling like I can't handle something or any number of things throughout the day. And then, of course, it's just done wonders on my ability to recognize what disempowering things I might be saying to myself inside of my head. So yeah, that was one question and a long-winded Beautifully answer. answered. <laughs> Beautifully answered. Yeah. Well, it's a pretty big question. And I know that in addition to that, the rape, which just sounds, that's just heartbreaking. I'm so sorry that you went through that. And I know that being on the other side of it, you know, it was the propulsion to such amazing, it's such an amazing way to live your life. But I really wish for you that it had been a bit gentler than that. But I know that coming out was also a major event for you. And you touched on that a little bit in your story, but how, what role did that play in shaping what you were destined for? Yeah, I love that word, destiny, right? (laughs) Healing requires injury, and I am so blessed that I've had so many opportunities to heal in my life. Growing up in the background that I mentioned early on, I knew that it was not okay to be gay or bisexual, which is what I was calling myself in my late teens and early 20s when I was in college. I never told my parents. I never came out to anybody. Of course, I had girlfriends, but I was not broadcasting that to anybody because I didn't think it was any of their business. And so I hid in the closet for a long time. And as I mentioned, I wanted to have a baby. And so alcohol was very, it was a convenient tool to be able to continue to date men and have a baby the right way, the way that I knew my parents would accept. And it sounds backhanded and malicious, but it really wasn't. It was more of protection just to protect myself. And I think I I was technically bisexual, but after that event, I really didn't want to have to do that anymore. But alcohol provided that, that ability for me to do that. And when I finally kicked the habit after I got a divorce, because I get sober in the house with my ex-husband, he still drinks. He didn't like it, you know, to Mm -hmm. drink. Then I was really able to say, wow, I don't have to be intimate with men anymore. I can have relationships with women. And it's just, as a woman, it's a lot easier to have a relationship with a woman. I think we understand (laughs) one another a lot better. (laughs) And yeah, so coming out in my 30s just seemed like a really natural thing to do. I guess I was 38 when I came out to my family and I was summarily rejected by my parents. I even told them what had happened to me and they were shocked and horrified, but did not believe me that I'm gay. think that it's a choice and they still try to pray the gay away and try to tell me to get back to my ex-husband, which is ludicrous. 
and wow. send me Bible verses. We have a good relationship, but it's just not what I wish it was. I wish that they would allow me, I'm 42 now, allow me to be the person that I am without trying to control who mm-hmm. I am. And so I came out to the world when I was 40 you know, on social media. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that was really empowering. So many people reached out to me and very encouraging and accepting. I didn't have a whole lot of backlash. But over the years, so many of my like Reiki practitioners or acupuncturists used to tell me that my throat chakra was blocked. And I used to be so confused about that because I am a pretty loud, rambunctious, extroverted. Yeah, well, Uh I'm really an ambivert. I need a lot of alone time, but I can be extra. That's new. Mm -hmm. I've never heard that. Okay. So, well, you come across so confident (laughs) and outgoing. Yeah. Right. And so I was really confused about this throat chakra. And it finally hit me during a meditation several years ago. That I wasn't living my truth. I wasn't speaking my truth for so long. And mm. my throat chakra has not been blocked really? ever since. That yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And now I lead chanting. Uh, chanting and mantra meditation are really dear to my heart. And mm-hmm. I think being able to really live my truth from this area when, when our chakras are aligned and our heart is able to connect at that higher heart, heart throat connection. And we feel like we can be fully ourselves. So chanting has been a really big part of the evolution of my meditation practice. I am leading chanting tonight. I led one last night. It's just so powerful. And it's really a combination of pranayama, which I'm certified in as well, love pranayama Mm -hmm. meditation. But when we chant the pranayama and the breath control is there. Mm-hmm. And there's the addition of the literal vibrations we're producing in our bodies. And I'm sure you've heard that the fifth chakra is very connected to our sacral mm-hmm. chakra, the second. Well, when yeah. we have sexual trauma, when we have any trauma that involves our creativity or relating to our ability to be free Or even if we have like literal body trauma in this hip complex, if you've ever taken an anatomy class or any kind of a yoga or medical practitioner, that hip hip complex is incredibly complex. And this is a way that we can produce, be creative, and liberate this area, which I discovered firsthand when I gave birth at a birthing center with no drugs. Good for you. (laughs) And did some literal like guttural chanting my practitioners told me that when I was in it you're going to want to do this and I thought no way I'm going to do that and it is so powerful it does unlock this area down here oh that's so interesting and sorry to continue on this no the shape of our larynx if you look at it from above looks almost identical to the shape our reproductive organs Really? On the inside, if you look How at the fascinating. ovaries. And so they really mirror one another. They're created very similarly. Yeah, it is That's fascinating. so interesting. I love that stuff. Because do you know Donna Eden? She's mm. the energy medicine. So mm-hmm. she's does she's 
one of the pioneers. She's been doing it for a long time. Modern pioneers, of course, Energy Work's been around forever. But right. she can see energy in the body. She can see like where there are gaps, where things are out of balance and things like that. But I remember she, because I followed her work for a few months and I haven't looked at her stuff for a while, so I, I might not have it exactly right, but there was this like Celtic chakra like connection exercise because she does like this whole combination of tapping and like mm -hmm. where she's using the meridian lines and the chakra system but she's just using like your hand rather than it being like acupuncture it's like taking your hands right. and either tapping or just like touching or like mm -hmm. doing circles or whatever and there was I just remember it was like this it was something with Celtic origins, but it used the chakras or chakras, and maybe there was some meridian something in it too. But it was it started at the heart, and then you just did this spiral to each chakra. And I can't remember now if it was like which way you rotated, or maybe it depended. But she, I remember her talking about like you do the heart to the solar plexus, up to the throat, mm. to the sacral. And she would talk about like how I remember her talking about how connected the second and fifth chakras were. And in that it's a Celtic weave, I think is what it was called. And that was the first time that I had heard that. And I'm like, oh, it makes so much sense because the creativity is expressed in both yeah. places. And I didn't realize the anatomical connection. So that so interesting. Yeah. When you said seeing energies, it sounds like Dr. Sue Mortar's work. The energy codes, if you've read that book. She's, yes. And actually, she's local to my area. I live in the same mm. town as Dr. Sue. And that was how I learned about Donna Eden, because they were both at a conference that I went to, and I was, I had never heard of her before. But mm. yeah, so similar. And Dr. Sue, I think, can see energy she, as well. Well, yeah. she could, at least when she came back from her, like, I guess she went to the other side for a little while when she was in a meditative state in Iowa. Uh -huh. I'm trained with her oh, okay. certification. I'm certified as a coach for energy codes. And so that's how I oh, started okay. my coaching journey several years ago. Oh. And I'm interested in the body awake. I need to, need to just make some space for it. But she does a lot of meditations that involve connecting the energy centers. Mm -hmm. And of course, we know that each energy center is inextricably located next to a gland that's part of the endocrine system and yes. our hormones are controlled by the endocrine system and right. so yeah just making sure that everything is balanced but I love this Celtic weave I think somebody recently mentioned her to me oh, yeah. I'm gonna have to check that out yeah so you, you might be getting the data <laughs> yeah, points exactly like <laughs> yeah well it's interesting too with you talking about the chanting and the toning because I have not really studied chance in particular, but I just lately in the last few months have been inwardly like, I just need to tone. I just need. And so I'll be like, even outside of meditation, if I'm by myself or there are times where I feel that I need to work with an energy, with a soul, and I'll be kind of building with my with tones just mm -hmm. through my voice, building an energetic structure, you know, in the mm -hmm. ethers. 
And it just does, it feel, there's just so much that happens through the voice, through the chanting, what it does with the vibrations within us, within the space Mm. around us. It's really, really powerful. And absolutely. I have been teaching a certain workshop here locally because chanting doesn't really translate online necessarily. It's really about the vibrations. Yeah, the people who are there. So I taught one on Sunday and I'm doing one in a few weeks. I was meditating and doing some chanting one morning several months ago. And something told me to do the bija mantras for a couple of the chakras. So I did. And then I started chanting up the chakras with the bija mantras. And, you know, the seed sounds like mm-hmm. lam, vam, ram. Okay, so... Then two days later, I was having a dream in the morning and I could see clearly like it was a, the name of it was like cascading chakras, mantra, something. And I could see it was like a waterfall cascading up and down the body and how to implement what I had developed during my meditative waking state was completed in the dream to do it 108 times and to use a mala and I tried it in a, I tried it on a smaller scale in a chanting class that I taught that week. And then now I've been doing two hour workshops and people are blown away. Like either they've been doing chanting and they're blown away by how powerful it is and how you, I mean, you're just in such a state, such a beautiful state afterwards, or they've never even tried chanting before. And they're coming to this workshop for the very first time and experiencing, we experience that actual energy center and repeat it and things come up it's amazing because mm-hmm. we know that our traumas whether they're big t little t or even exciting things these things live in energetic spaces in our bodies they're like vibrationally locked it's an anchor they call yes. it in nlp and neurolinguistic programming so anyway yeah <laughs> so you're like unlocking that mm-hmm. and releasing and mm-hmm. that's beautiful Wow. Yeah. This is how we heal trauma is we use our sensations. And so I've developed my own sensation meditation formula. Mm. And so that's coming down the pipeline soon. I'll be releasing that as an app and a website that I'm developing because we can heal ourselves of trauma just by using and That's what Patanjali talks about. Like we're using our sensations in meditation to lose track of our sensations and go into that sensationless state where we feel Mm -hmm. like we're floating. We're just really existing. We're just Mm -hmm. being. And isn't that what it's all about? We are human beings, not human doings. I know you've heard that. Yeah, yeah. That was one of on my first website, the homepage was like, be a human being, not always a human doing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So how does this work translate into your high functioning uh, people with anxiety, especially like executives? Because I don't know, can you use the same sort of language that that we're using here? Or is it similar kind of modalities? Or is there a different kind of toolbox for that subset? I think the answer is yes and yes and yes. We Mm -hmm. obviously focus on transformation. We focus on productivity, being able to perceive time in a different way. 
because so often when we have high functioning anxiety, we feel pressure. And a lot of times that serves us for a long time, but eventually it might get to us. So studies show that people who meditate are up to 120% more productive. And I rely a lot on what does the science, the modern science, tell us? How does it corroborate what the ancients already knew? When we look at the studies, for example, leaders who meditate are more effective. They are better communicators. They are better at introspection and interoception and employees who feel like their leaders care about them enough to invest in them with wellness programs like meditation, which anyone can do. There's no contraindications like having a bad knee, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like having a personal trainer that's hired for your business, but it reduces absenteeism when we implement meditation into workspaces. It reduces recidivism. It basically across the board improves the bottom line by about 500 percent wow when you factor everything in so i'm focusing on the change makers and mm -hmm. yes focusing more on productivity and it's a lot about mindset because out of the 70,000 to 90,000 thoughts that we have every single day 95 percent of them are the same as the day before and about 80 percent of them are negative so when we develop our metacognition, our ability to think about our thinking, that space in between what we would normally react and do and our choice to respond, that makes us more effective in mm -hmm. every aspect of our lives, in our relationships, because we're changing our relationship with ourselves. And so that has ripple effects into our relationships overall. So yeah. yeah, it's it's really the same thing. Now, when I work directly with CXOs and entrepreneurs and business owners, it's a custom tailored program. Mm -hmm. They get exactly what they need for where they're at. If they come to me and they, for example, I'm working with somebody right now and he already knows a lot about the way the body processes stress, what happens when we go into fight or flight, how we start breathing from the chest and how that can cause lower back pain because we're overloading this area and not belly breathing and so he's already like actively working on using the belly throughout the day so i get to go a lot deeper with somebody like that and mm -hmm. actually give especially if they don't have any counterindications to holding the breath which is really incredibly powerful if they don't mm -hmm. have any heart disease or high blood pressure then we can go into some of the more advanced techniques that i'm familiar with because I'm sure you know the power of pranayama and carbon dioxide tolerance when we hold our breath. Right. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? It's fascinating, so what, fascinating. The, what happens with breath work. And I think that people can't hear it enough. Not only just how to breathe effectively, but pranayama in particular and, and dedicating, having a dedicated breath work practice. Yeah. I mean... We're all doing some sort of a breath work. <laughs> right. Certain, and I, I think that breath work sounds a little daunting to some people. Oh, I've got to do work. And it's, it is a, a little bit taxing. But there are super therapeutic, very calming breath work activities. You don't have to do the Wim Hof 
where you're putting mm-hmm. yourself into a crazy, you're getting yourself high. That's what he says, right? Get high <laughs> off your own supply. It, that's funny because I use Wim Hof in, in one, some of my meditation meditations that I lead in this week. I said to the group, um, because somebody was like so stressed mm. and she just received bad news right before she came and she's like, I really need this, but I'm, I really am like, I'm just on edge right now. And so I was like, okay, what do you guys want to do? Do you want to do Wim Hof? Do you want to do something a little bit less intense? And they were like, we need less intense today. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because it does, you know, it is so cleansing, but it is triggering also. It's it's great to be in touch and know what is it that we need right now. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say that would surprise me if that would have been helpful for her. I would think that yeah. she would need to like lengthen the exhale, right? maybe some level of breath holding. But it's during those breath holding times when we are really getting deep into the subconscious and we can rewrite some of our programming. Dr. Sue Mortar in the Energy Codes uses Empower Step, which you get into kind of like a warrior one, warrior two. It's a warrior of sorts. And you do her central channel breath. And when you hold the breath at the top and hold the breath at the bottom, you repeat to yourself your phrase that you want to insert there. because we're getting into that fight or flight state when we're depriving ourselves of oxygen or depriving ourselves of releasing the carbon dioxide. And yeah, I read that book by James Nestor, Breath. Oh, is it Breathe or Breath? Either way, Uh Breath or Breathe. I'm not sure which one Uh it is. Anyway, I read it twice Uh and I loved learning about the fact that when we hold our breath and we increase our ability to tolerate carbon dioxide, it actually helps us to be able to absorb more oxygen. So it doesn't change the amount of oxygen that's coming into our bodies, but it's something about the way that the hemoglobin acts in the blood and Mm -hmm. is able to decouple the oxygen that we take in and make more available to us. Mm -hmm. Wow. And also just breathing through your nose. I have a client who just graduated yesterday and she didn't even realize how much she was breathing through her mouth and she's perimenopausal and feeling some of that fatigue and just switching to breathing through the nose. Like he says in that book, mouth breathing begets more mouth breathing and nose breathing begets more nose breathing. And Mm so when we can just be more aware and implement more nasal breathing at all times in the day, we're going to have more energy. And breath work can give us energy too. Breath of fire, even just being able to change our energy. Maybe we're feeling super energized and we're laying in bed trying to sleep for the second hour in a row. Mm -hmm. I have very specific breath work that I've developed that I give to my clients so that they can relax. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Breath work is so powerful. I love it. It And it's trifold, right? It's recognition, being aware, Mm -hmm. then controlling and then the holding so we don't just like go to the holding but it starts with that awareness yeah yeah well thank you for taking us through that like Mm -hmm. i said i think we all just need that to remember even to remember to hear it again and it just because like you say we're always doing breath work (laughs) even if we don't realize it so it's, it's like yeah tune in and how are we doing it and how can we use the breath to to help us to not only 
work with our nervous system, but it also can help us to access higher states of consciousness and more creativity and tap into make different neurological connections and so forth. So it's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Life force, right? <laughs> yes, right, right. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Tell us how people can find out more about you and connect with you. You can find me all over the internet, Sarah Webb says. It's S-A-R-A-W-E-B-B-S-A-Y-S. I'm sarahwebbsays.com. And those are the socials that I use primarily are LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. And so, yeah, connect Beautiful. with me there. I have a four-month bespoke coaching. It's one-on-one -on -one right now. It will go to group just because of my time availability. But right now I'm taking on a few select more clients at a one -on, -one, on a one on one basis. And I have workshops that I lead. Perfect. Thank Great. You. And then your book is Look Lush. And they can find that everywhere, I'm sure. That's the book. I am writing another book. That's the book that's in print right now. Yeah. And okay. I am writing another book about sensation meditation and how it can heal trauma. So, yeah, Wonderful. I'll be on the lookout for that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's Thank been you, wonderful Kara. to connect with you. Same here. Many blessings. You too. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to ask you for one quick favor, and that's to share this episode with one person who you think will benefit from it. Let them know you're thinking about them by sharing this episode with them right now. Thank you, and I look forward to the next meditation conversation.